Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I've had a great day today, Phil, because I went to work and then realised that I wasn't working today, which was quite good. Um, so I, it's been a, a typically wonderful Tuesday for me, uh, and especially very, because we get to talk very about productive. Break. Yeah, very productive as always, no doubt. Well, I did. Go, I, I mean, accidentally because of that, I did go to the Castleford press conference. So that was even better. Oh, good. Um, that's my dog. How was it? Hello, um, dog. It was all right. Um, what did you learn? There was a line from Lee Ranford about, uh, he was asked, what, did he think about appealing George uh, Lawler's ban? And he said, no, because I couldn't come up with a reason, which I thought was a good answer. He said there was, there was another tackle in the game or something which was similar, which wasn't penalised. Um, but then he said, um, you can't really go, well, I've murdered someone, but they've murdered somebody as well. So, I mean, I, hope, I don't know what grading murder is, um, probably an E. But, uh, and, and I asked him about if he remembers the 1986 final, because he's a whole chaos, fan, isn't he? Um, well, he is. And, and they played Cass in 86, and I, and I checked to see if he was alive, and he was, because he's older than me, because when Nia Levels was on beforehand, he wasn't alive in 1986, when, when Cass had last one at Wembley. But, but Lee Rafford didn't watch it either. So uh, he was playing with wrestling yeah. figures. The Jamie Sandy final. So, 1986, all those years ago, when Cass was the last one at Wembley. Of course, I've no room to talk because Wakefield haven't won at Wembley since 1963. And they play Wigan this week in a repeat of that final, which no doubt the BBC will drag out the black and white footage if it's still around of that final, which no one remembers because Wakefield won and no one missed any goals or anything. So, I think there's a, I think there's a try by Neil Fox, which is on... Um... Uh, it's yeah, it's still available on YouTube. That that will no doubt be um, endlessly replayed. It was a very yeah, good occasion, I think. Is it the final way he kicked loads of goals? Or was that the one against Hull? That was Hull, I think. Hull, yeah, um, he's got he's got loads loads of points. You, you can probably read about some of them on the Rugby League Record Keepers Club, but not all of them yet because they've only done the summary of um, just to please Sky, I guess. Um, 
What was the news this week, Phil? Uh, apart from Leeds are still in crisis, I did enjoy uh, Sky's graphic before the game on Friday with all the potential coaching candidates, which appeared to be anyone with a pulse in rugby league. Uh, they put Wayne Bennett on there, so obviously they've been listening to this podcast. I think the big news is Rob Burrow's got his MBE at Windsor Castle today, uh, presented by Princess Anne for, uh, um, you know, obviously the, the not just the, the sensational rugby league career he had, which in my opinion would have been enough to give him an MBE anyway, but the wonderful work that he's done um, raising the visibility of, of MND uh, since and opening his life um, at its most difficult time so that the world can benefit from it. So uh, looks sensational, as did his his gorgeous wife. And um, I hope they had a wonderful day. I know that uh, BBC TV will record and it will probably see some highlights of it. But um, really great that Rob was down at Windsor Castle today. Probably not Princess Anne's favourite number seven in Rob because she would prefer Danny Brough. But um <laughs> Well, that rubber is, you know, but but there you go. But it was it was good. It was good. And good to see him get anything. And and Kevin Sinfrey got his as well before because I saw the royal family tweeting about that. So good to see our most recognisable people in rugby league uh, recognised at the, uh, the the highest level it can can possibly be. And of course, the fundraising continues, and all Rob and his uh, cohorts' great work continues in trying to find some kind of sure or whatever can be for people with MND and make their lives easier. And, and there's, there's, there are no words left to say how much credit these people deserve to be given for all the efforts and work they've done selflessly. Mm. Anyway. No, and I do think that, uh, you know, we, we, we need to keep that in perspective and, and you know, we'll cut, talk about teams that are on losing runs and coaches that are under pressure. But, you know, for me, that's that will always be, first and foremost, the story of the day. I think the second one is clearly because Rugby League is now on Channel 4, it's been put up for sale. <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we put a bid in? Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> three months yeah, three months of showing Rugby League and all of a sudden uh, it's going to go to the highest bidder who will say, oh, don't want that Rugby League. It doesn't bring enough money in. We'll have, um, I don't know, whatever it is, Malteser marbles or whatever. The, the complete lack of understanding of how things work in government is oh, not, not, not incredible at all because we, we all know they're thick. Can I say that? Was that allowed? We're not under the same rules as normal broadcasting. We can't say I anything because there's elections coming up. But you know, I think when you're referring to Nadine Dorries, that's an apt adjective. She 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 knows what rugby league is though. Apparently, so we uh, <laughs> learned the World Cup thing last week. But never mind. And then there's another positive from the week: the, the World Cup created by grants are open again. So if your local community club needs to get some stuff done. Get involved. You could get some money to uh, improve your lots, and you know, while, while the government have given us this money, let's let's make sure we use it for for the for the greater good and actually have a legacy as opposed to the Olympic legacy in Sheffield, which you know. And and it's the smaller grants as well. So if you need equipment, you know, cones or um, uh, balls or whatever, then that that's the sort of sum of money that, that I think every club will will benefit from. And yeah, apply if if you need to update. Uh, certain bits and pieces um, do so and I think the bigger grants uh, that that scheme is now finished ended up at 20 million pounds which is absolutely phenomenal um, I think f- five more than they'd originally planned as well so uh, yeah we, we, we were at a, a World Cup event um, I can't even remember when it was uh, yeah, I know it was a Monday probably <laughs> a week last Monday it, it was, and it was. Um, 
we were continually again impressed with uh, with with what they're rolling out. That uh, although some of the people have changed, um, as was always going to happen uh, when, when it uh, when it was staged a year later than was originally planned. Um, I, I just think that the the work that they've done to save it, uh, enhance it, and now, uh, you know, I think we mentioned it briefly last week, bring on more commercial partners and uh, uh, details of the PDRL World Cup will be out soon. Great to see that season up and running again uh, this weekend. I think there was uh, some, some really good festivals from what I gather. Um, one at Eastmore, where uh, Warrington, Wakefield and, and Leeds and Bradford were part of it. And the reports back are that everybody who uh, was involved in playing had an absolutely fantastic time, and again, that is the that's the reason for it. And uh, we talk about inclusivity, and that is something that we can definitely point to and say, PDRL starting up again is is great news. Yeah, but I mean, predictably, uh, when we talk about inclusivity, uh, some idiots online thinking that uh, the RFL signing the Muslim athletes charter is some kind of ridiculous thing and we're now under Sharia law or something but those people are idiots and I expect to be voting for them at the next uh, government elections whenever they come around uh, I mean there's no there's no bad news about uh, trying to welcome as many people into the sport as possible and and I'm sure if there was a athlete's charter from whichever religion you want to name then I'm sure we'd sign up for it as well it's just well you know it is I think it's fantastic as well that one of the things that they're doing um, as part of signing up to that charter is giving out Ramadan boxes to uh, to, to players. And, and I think, you know, again, just an, an, an appreciation of, of what Muslim players need to go through at the time of Ramadan to remain professional sports people when they're fasting and to give them what they need to get. Uh, you know the best they can out of that period and observe all of the things that, um, that they need and want to do um, it's fantastic and the fact that you know we're now part of that I, you know, hats off to the RFL for that I know that Ben Aberstein who is the new diversity lead was was keen to to get involved in that and he made a significant difference down at uh, Brentford FC um, and, and hopefully uh, he, can, he can have um, the same sort of influence in that, that department in rugby league as well. So, yeah, now nothing but praise for signing a Muslim charter. And hopefully, as we, as we look around the grounds in years to come, there'll be more players and more spectators feeling that rugby league is a welcoming environment, which is what we're all about and what inclusivity actually means. Indeed. I mean, I, I, was, I would have gone down on Friday to the, the launch, but I was working, unfortunately. And one of the things that, you know, the great thing about my current work is that, A, I hardly do any work. And uh, B, um, after doing me on taxes, that's not good. But when I did have a proper job and worked in a bed factory in Batley, which was my first job after university, because obviously media students have to go and work in bed factories in customer services. Took 100 calls one day once that was good. It's like a Neil Fox record, that. Um, but um, working in Batley, obviously, high percentage of people in our uh, factory were Muslim as they were in our office park. You know, you don't just meet and make a bed. You can't even make a bed actually with sheets. But um, the, the best thing about Ramadan was when it finished and everyone came around with loads of food. Um, and I do miss that. So uh, those mushroom uh, barges that were made, especially for me because they didn't like onions. Very, very nice. I miss that. But uh, that's off on a tangent. Apparently there's no press for it at Hull KR now, I'm told, but that's still preferable to the Hull FC soup. Um, I learned ah, on Sunday. So. Okay. Uh, that's the, uh, the positives and negatives of the world. Um, but they did have a sellout at, um, at uh, the Sewell Group Stadium, as I believe it's now called, um, when they played uh, Warrington 
and 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 soundly beat Warrington this week, and uh, another sellout due for the for the derby. So good times at, at Holkar at the moment. Yeah, speaking of crowd, seven thousand at Cast. They did a lot of promotion ahead of the Toulouse game. Obviously, not expecting any away fans, so they did plenty of work there and got seven thousand there. That's good, and they've had yeah, big crowds it was all seven- season. 70s night at Cass, which leads to the inevitable question, and I am sorry, but everybody will say, how did they know? Interestingly, Wakefield had 4,371 against Salford, which was similar to the number the week before against Toulouse. So maybe Wakefield fans just thought, nah, not going to bother this week, we stay home. Don't know, was, was anything on telly on Sunday? I don't know. It was the only game on Sunday. and what I, I know we're going into the cup period and the Easter period and pe- teams are wanting to play games sort of earlier. But why did we have so many matches last Friday night? And if I was Sky, I would be saying, look, we've got a big game on. Um, well, St. Helens are always worth watching. Not so sure about Leeds at the moment. But no, historically, big game, big rivalry. Um, all guns blazing to have that on our television screens. We really don't want three or four other games being played at the same time. Silly. No, no, it, it, it doesn't make any sense, does it? But um, nothing seems to. Um, so you trying to think about anything else that's happened off the field, but, you know, things we, like talking, um, talking about... We welcomed, welcomed Cornwall to the fold, Yes, Cornwall and, and, and Mid, um, Midlands played their first home game of their new regime as well. So it, it's been a good weekend for new beginnings. Uh, and the two meet each other this week. Mm. Cornwall's first home game. I didn't watch all of the Cornwall game, but scored 22 points. Obviously started off slowly against a a very good North Wales side. Uh, And we'll see them on on Sunday. It's on our league at one o'clock. Oh, look at that. It finishes just in time to watch Wakefield and Wigan. Well, almost. (laughs) So that's uh, that's a positive. But, you know, we've got got to find some positive somewhere because someone will be trying to pull us down over something. Um, and any news on the Leeds coaching thing? Is, is Mr. Hetherington in, in Australia now? Is he, is he back yet? Due to be back, I believe, tomorrow was his original wow. plan. It, it was a, a five-day turnaround. I think he was going with specific business in mind rather than just having um, uh, opening interviews with anyone who was interested. Um, I have absolutely no idea who he's seeing. Well. L- logic would tell you that he'd be um, looking at the the status of Ryan Carr, who is um, an assistant at Parramatta, whether he would be allowed to leave under what terms, would there be any compensation to be paid to uh, the Eels for the rest of his contract? How likely would he be to get a visa? Um, bearing in mind that uh, that situation has probably changed from when he was a coach over here with Featherstone. A lot of speculation over in Australia overnight that he was seeing uh, Shane Flanagan, who apparently had already ruled himself out for the out of the job. So um, I don't know how that works, but also a rumour which surfaced around about the same time as April Fool's Day that if it was Shane Flanagan, he'd be bringing his son Kyle um, because Leeds clearly have a halfback problem. Um, I, I don't know whether there's any truth in that. I do know that Kyle Flanagan has just been picked to pay for Canterbury this weekend. So um, who knows? But uh, I, I don't know the time scale on even making an announcement. What, what I'd suspect is that whilst Leeds would have loved to have been in the Challenge Cup this weekend, it may actually benefit them to not, and, and Jamie Jones for Buchanan, to have 10 days with the players and start uh, ironing out some of the issues that clearly he has identified in some of his excellent 
post-match press conferences, but also um, there were signs of improvement against St Helens, which sounds ridiculous when you've lost 26-0 at home. But They showed um, effort, Phil. They showed effort. That's what they said on the nah, telly. They showed effort. Nah, nah, no, constructive effort rather than just effort. I think effort is a given, but um, they, they played with um, uh, a little bit more passion and confidence. And But for a, uh, a mistimed pass that was intercepted and Tommy Makerson ran the length of the field. St. Helens would have won anyway, but the margin would have been less. And uh, I think the fact that the, the the side were cheered off rather than booed off, as they have been a couple of weeks before, uh, just said that some of the things that Jamie Jones Buchanan is trying to bring in may be working and that his, his extra week with them uh, this week will, will probably benefit everybody. Too many interceptions. That's been the problem in the last couple of weeks. If, if, if it only hadn't been for Greg, Greg uh, Eden, the interception of the ball, Leeds would have lost by less to uh, Casper the week before. Um, I, want to, I want to talk about Sunday because I, I was out at the game in, in the men's Super league for the first time in a bit, in the press box for the first time pre-COVID. Um, and you were at the, the wheelchair game at Leeds Beckett. You were skillfully photographed. Phot- photographed, photographed. You were in the background hiding behind uh, James Simpson. How, how was the game? How, how was uh, uh, the the, uh, the the treble winners? Treble winners? Double winners? Whatever they won last year. They won everything. That they can remember. How, how, how was their performance? Well, again, it's it's hard to judge because, um, you know, Holler uh, not at that level at the moment, although clearly um, they scored late on, which I think is always a sign when you're heavily behind and, and you get a couple of tries late on in the game that not only have you not given up, but, you know, your, your structures are working as well, um, even if you do acknowledge that you're playing against the team that... Um, have greater talent than you do. As you know, we've talked a lot about the wheelchair game. I absolutely love it. Can't get enough of it. I think the the people that play it are astonishing. I think the game itself is is so fast and uh, embodies everything that is great about uh, the running game in a a court format. Um, The difference was the speed of transition uh, leads going from defence to attack. The, 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 The... I think they had a couple of drives early on in, in their sets of six, but then they had a, a lot of moves that had clearly been uh, practised um, ad nauseam in training where the movement off the ball and the options that the ball player has mean, and the speed they can capitalise on that. I mean, Nathan Collins scored a couple of absolutely ridiculous tries because of his speed off the mark. Um, just mark them out. And, and you could see that there were a team of nearly all internationals playing a side who um, are making their way in the game. But no, for 80-minute for entertainment, you, you know, in front of a, a record crowd for, for the club, um, you know, in, in a great facility now at Leeds Beckett University, which is, which is state-of-the-art and had other sports people who were there at the time coming in to, to watch the game. It, it was brilliant. I thought um, the whole game really summed up by the performance of Jodie Ann Boyd-Ward, who had gone to hospital the week before, um, bruised ribs and a potential broken hand, I was told that she wouldn't be playing much this week to help her recovery, uh, told them that she would be, uh, came off the bench and, and was just sensational, scored five tries and was involved in 
in in everything that was good about Leeds. So no, no, it's just, just a great afternoon. And 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 all I would say is it, it doesn't matter who you support if you get the chance to go and uh, and see a wheelchair game. Uh, and one of the other things that was announced this week was clearly they will now have a mid-season international uh, against France in Manchester, where the World Cup final itself will be held. I think there's at least another running game international to be announced later this week. Um, which will take place at the same time as England are playing the Combined Nations All-Stars. So I think, again, getting all of this domestic action is leading into what we're going to be seeing at the end of the year. And uh, it's the same with the women's game at the moment. I know there's some blowout scores in some of the matches, but we just need to know more about these players that are going to be playing in the World Cup. Uh, Halifax, the team to keep an eye on in the Wheelchair Super League at the moment. Three wins from three. They beat Warrington 104-34, Leeds 114, Hull 24, and North Wales 54 Wigan 92. I'm looking forward to seeing some of the games when they when they come up on our league and stuff later in the year because I think, as you say, people need to become aware of these people. And I think I'm, I think I'm more interested in going to Manchester to watch the Wheelchair International than I am making a trip to to Warrington. Who wants to make a trip to Warrington? Okay. <laughs> um, speaking of the women's game, then here are the score lines from the Challenge Cup, which I think it, on paper. The group stage was a good idea, and it's been probably better for teams to have. I was going to say competitive fixtures, but that's probably the wrong word now. Fixtures with meaning, rather than meaningless preseason games. As it turns out, though, uh, Group One: uh, Barrow thirty-eight, Army nil. So good result for Barrow. Um, Warrington nil, St Helens fifty-four, forty-two and up at half time. So I wonder if they took their foot off the gas in the second half. I don't know because I'm not seeing it. Holt Nil, Huddersfield Giants, 114. I mean, that is a... It's not a waiting scoreline because Huddersfield are a, a team who obviously did well last year in the second division and the whole... Well, whatever. Um, Bradford beat Jewsby, apparently, although it wasn't in the paper. Uh, but I can't remember what the score was. Uh, just be more, that is. Featherstone, 86. Castle for Nil. Um, Hatchet for Brogan Churn. Told you she was good last week. Um Cass rebuilding and, and Wakefield 12, Alton 14. Now, obviously, that's not a good result for Wakefield because you shouldn't be losing as a Super League side to a team in the Championship. But I can tell you, Alton played very well. Alton, Alton. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. But, Alton. Um, Alton. Well, that's what I thought. Everyone keeps pronouncing it a different way. I think I only, only lived, you know, five miles away or whatever most of my life. But um, they played really well, Alton. So um, well done to them. And they get the plum tie of York away. So. Uh, uh, good luck to them. Semi-final, quarterfinals, Saints versus Huddersfield, Leeds versus Warrington, York, Holton, and, and Fev Wigan, which is the TV game on our league on Sunday. And, and they've picked the right game there because that should be the closest. And I, I think Featherson might knock off Wigan in that one. Um, I think they've got momentum going their way. Didn't mention Leeds because it's in the big panel on the paper. At 92-0 over Lee Miners Rangers. So uh, well done to Leeds. Courtney's back. England's Courtney yes, Winfield Hill. Absolutely. England's Courtney um, was, was apparently uh, very, very good in that game. Uh, but I, I think you're right that, uh, you know, we, we look at the, the Challenge Cup and it's all Super League teams in the quarterfinal this weekend. Uh, you look at the women's, you know, credit to Alton Raiders. Um, you know, that they, you know, the group stages, if nothing else, have meant that a championship team has, has made the um, quarterfinals of the Cup. So, no, I... I Again, looking at a, a game in the wheelchair where there was a, a clear and decisive winner, Hull weren't disheartened um, because they knew that they have to play games like that to to see 
the level that they're at to benchmark themselves a, 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 about where they want to be and the experience of playing on the same pitch mm. as those who are current internationals really benefits players and it's not something that's going to change overnight. It, in um, Australia, they, they have their NRL W grand final this week and for the first time Brisbane Broncos won't be part of it they think they've won the previous three and up until this weekend when uh, they were beaten the semi-final by Sydney Roosters um, who play St George I believe in the final um, you know they were virtually unbeatable it takes time but people aspire to be as good as the best and you only, you only do that by playing the best and uh, I think yeah the, there was always a problem with this group format that there were going to be blowout games um, because some of the teams are clearly a lot more advanced and have access to a lot more resource than others but overall you look at the quarterfinals it's had the desired effect and it builds up now to the semis at, mm. uh, at um, Warrington. Uh, Ellen Road, uh, at Warrington, the final at Ellen Road. Yeah. I'll go to the final. I don't know if I'm going to go to Warrington. Um, what, what I will say, speaking of resource, uh, it is the understanding of this programme that uh, an England international will soon be making a move from one of the non-top clubs to one of the top clubs in uh, the Women's Super League. But that's about as vague as I can be. So, is it somebody who has had a move and might be moving again? Well, you obviously know the answer to that question. So the answer, <laughs> yeah, the answer is yes. If if, uh, if the sources of this program are correct, yeah, then which is interesting and well, disheartening the word. I don't know. I don't know. It, 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 it. I think what you've got to say is it's World Cup year, and and if anything, will give us a better chance of competing in the World Cup until there are regulations that say you can't. It's the nature of the beast. It's like Wigan sweeping up internationals in the <laughs> mid-80s, early 90s, even though they were going to sit in the stand at Central Park and they would have graced most of the opposition teams that Wigan were playing at the time. The, um, the good thing is about many of these teams, of course, they're full of very young players. Uh, also, especially, I think they're all pretty much junior players, because um, I assume that the best would get picked off by the Super League teams who are nearby, because three of them were in that group and one's not too far down the road and wear similar colours. But they, I, I, I can't give enough credit to the way Alton played. They they were, they were outplayed Wakefield. I don't know what was wrong with Wakefield on the day, whether it was a, an attitude or a, some other issue that they just didn't appear to be at the game. Um, well, it was bloody cold and windy, so maybe it's that. <laughs> Um, it only affects people from way from the old way. It affected me on the touch. I wish they were taking a thicker coat. But um, but you know, fair credit to Alton, and they replied to my DM when I asked if we could speak to them after the game. So you know they they won up on some Super League clubs in that sense. Um, and and you know, it'll be interest, interesting time for them at York. They get to go play at the LNER Stadium, which is great. And uh, you know they're, they're going to be a team to look for in, in the championship this year. And I didn't ask the coach if there's promotion or relegation or whatever from the Super League because I don't think anyone knows. But if there is, then they're an interesting side, aren't they? Because obviously they they are very close to another club in Super League, not like the Featherstone Rovers of the uh, the Women's Championship, if you will. Um, but I, I was pleased to see them them win. Not of course for Wakefield's sake, but they played well. And to beat two Super League teams in the competition, that that is a good achievement. That was more than a good achievement, and they will be a team to look out for this season. Um, and the Women's Nines is coming. 
which yes which is an interesting concept because again that's going to be sort of open for the first 24 teams it's not just restricted to super league um it's going to be more of a festival i think at, at victoria park in warrington and from that the top six teams will then play in you would think a more competitive environment because there'll be a trophy at stake um so you know i, I mean 24 teams is, is just an indication of how, how the game is spreading. I think the, the, the great thing about that is I, I believe Catalan Dragons are coming over with the team. Um, I think there's a, an island, a team from Ireland coming as well. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, it'll just be a great jamboree of, of the best of women's rugby league. And, and it's that nines format again, isn't it? There, there is a debate as to do we need it to, you know, appeal to a new audience? Do other sports have gone that, down that road of, of the shorter format game? Um, it, it seems to be stalled a little bit at, at men's, but yeah, let the women take it up. Let let them uh, set the template, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. I think that that'll be a good good couple of weeks. I hope they they stick on our league or something. Um, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. It, it was uh, it was good to see the cameras there on on Sunday because I'm glad they picked a game which was going to be competitive from the start because they haven't picked great games so far. So I don't think I'm out of line in saying that. Uh, and, it, and it was good to see Dave Parkinson. And good to see he's got an upgrade on me from the uh, Shield final last year um, as his uh, expert summariser. Uh, an expert is certainly not a word you could use for me. Uh, I think there's going to be some more movement around in, in the Women's Super League as well. So keep your eyes out for players moving uh, and, and some good players as well. Um, that was after Wakefield put Salford to the sword and... I don't know if it's my medication or my positive frame of mind at the minute or something. I never thought Wakefield were in doubt of losing that game, even when Salford came back in the second half. Um, I mean, they won the second half, so they get the bonus uh, Nigel Wood point there. But Tom Johnston, I know we can keep saying this over and over again. I think of all the players I've seen in 30-odd years watching Wakefield, and, you know, Nigel Wright, loving to bits because he, you know, teenager, Yorkshire Cup winner, Got the big money move to Wigan. Super talent. Henry Paul, I think the best Henry Paul we saw was at Wakefield because I'm biased. Gareth Ellis obviously went on to a great career but started at Wakefield. But I don't think there's a player I've seen who, whenever he's somewhere near the ball, people are excited as when they see Tom Johnson. He went off with a back injury at halftime. He was still the man of the match. Um, it wasn't just the tries he scored. It was the one he set up for Jacob Miller, which opened the scoring how he wasn't in the England squad in the first place is a complete mystery. Um, I don't think anyone knows the answer. Willie Percham didn't, didn't have the answer. Oh, no, he's just got to be more consistent. I'm not sure what more he can do, but... I think he's, he's just got to play longer minutes because we all know Fingers that um, there is the, you know, a potential issue with recurring head injuries. Hopefully he's over that. He's been through all the protocols. Uh, there was a concern when he went off at half time, not being there. That again, that might have been an issue, but actually, it was just a, a tight back. Um, no, I think uh, that one of the tries that he scored, where he, he cut back through the middle and went to the post, you know, that, that was a fire esque. Uh, you know, you used to give Martin a fire the ball on the wing, and and he, you know, because of his speed, he just he just bust you anywhere that he saw there was a weakness, and um, and, and he's an excitement machine, isn't he? And the sort of player that neutrals will will pay to go and watch, and um, yeah, I, I think clearly Dom Young is earmarked potentially for Jamaica at the World Cup. I suspect that if he's playing as well as he is at the moment for 
Newcastle Knights in the NRL. The way these things go is he'll he'll end up being selected by England, which, which I honestly think is a bit of a shame because he'd be a, a star turn for for Jamaica if he is not going to play for England or be in contention. Then absolutely, Tommy Makinson. Um, yeah, you know, always loved him, particularly at international level. I think he's an absolute quality player. Um, you can imagine a, a wing pairing of of Makinson and Johnson with with all due respect to Tom Davis and uh, Jermaine McGilvery and anybody else who maybe, um, you know, Ash Handley wants to be picked in that position. That That is a, is a you know, you, I think you need contrasting wingers. The great teams have always had, um, you know, the, the guy who is the, the the absolute flying machine and the other, you know, who, who can make those hard yards out of your your own area, um, which makes it and up so well. So, yeah, I'd... Let's hope, come, come the end of the season, uh, he's won a Challenge Cup with Wakefield uh, and also being in, in a World Cup final. I'm biased. Uh, we, need, we need to get some headphones you that don't fall for him. I know. Uh, I think <laughs> the technical, it, when the you technical have, standards uh, of this programme are atrocious. I think the trouble is that when you have your hair cut, you realise that your ears are bigger than you think they are. <laughs> the technical standards, we, we could be taking over Channel 4. You never know. We're going to put a bid in. You have to put a tender in, Dean and Dean. We've got a laptop. I've got, I've got a light now. My wife brought well, the a only, light back. Yeah, the only riders we need would be uh, some some proper ear, earphones and um, I, I don't know what what would we have dolly mixtures in the in yeah. the green room. Maybe another camera. I don't know. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do anything. Well, we'll employ Jamie Jones Buchanan because he's an expert videographer, as we say. Dolly mixtures. <laughs> Those of you who are listening, Phil's got dolly mixtures. Um. Salford have got their injury issues. Um, I think they said Dan Sargison's out for the season, so he can be taken out of the England squad now. Um, but obviously a good comeback from them in the second half. Well, I mean, the great thing about Wakefield is um, they try things, and as I said before, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Although having failed to um, work the short dropout ones to try it again was a bit foolish, and, and Salford scored from that. But we won. It doesn't I did, matter. I did, yeah. The only thing I think that's odd at Salford at the moment, and I and I do think that um, that there's some really good things going on there, not least with en- engaging with with their fans. Um, they've got a small squad by mm. acknowledgement, but they sent four players out on loan last week. That was I was when um, Paul Rowley was in the the post match press conference. That was one of the things that came to mind. Morgan Escaray is a Salford player, but he's but he's and, and uh, I know the players may not be in the positions they want them to be in or something. But it does seem strange to send an international player out on loan when when you're struggling for bodies. But I, who, I think Jack to... Wells must have about fifteen shirts already this season. And uh, <laughs> uh, to me, sometimes it just seems odd that you know you, it's very hard to play the we've got a small squad card and then be exceedingly generous with the players that you're allowed to, you know, Danny Addy went out on loan as well this week, didn't he? So, uh, interesting. They've got no money anyway, so play- they can't, they can't well, buy anyone. Yeah, and clearly some players fit with a, a way a coach wants mm. to play and others when everybody's fit or players in their position are fit don't. But uh, I suspect those that have been sent out on loan, some will be coming back pretty soon. Uh, they may they may have to play Morgan Escaray at, at prop. I don't know in the second round or something, but we'll, we'll see what happens with Salford. I, I don't really have much more to tell you about that game, um, other than that he did get cold as the day went on. But uh, Wakefield won. The World Cups were there, which was good. There was an LDRL or SL, I can't remember what we call it, exhibition at half time, which the crowd seemed to enjoy. Um, yeah, four and a half thousand, well, four thousand three hundred. Not the best crowd, not the worst crowd, but the clubs I, are I trying. 
I think wait for that's, the train to do more things as well. Yeah, and and when the um, when the ground starts being redeveloped and people can actually see that there is progress on that front, um, then then again, I think it it will rekindle interest. And the more they play like they're playing at the moment, again, that's going to have some some value on the back of that. Oh, yeah, I, I, I think it's a good place at the moment. And and the, again, you know, we we we've talked about what influence does a coach have, and 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 is it is it with players when. Uh, form is is not going the way it should, but I I just think that the lead has come from from Willie Poaching and that uh, you know he he is um, it, the way that they are playing embodies everything that he stands for in the sport and and it, and it's working for them um, and and long may it continue. They what they seem to want to play for him and that that is half the battle and and I think the, the there was a story about uh, Warrington perhaps being interested in. Tanganoa uh, and and you know why would he want to move there at the moment? He's he's you know he's, he's in a an environment where he's valued. He's, he's in a team that's playing great rugby. He's with a coach that it's he, he's clearly got the the interests of all the players at heart. Um, why would he want to leave that to go to uh, a squad at the moment that um, clearly needs some work doing on it? Let me tick off Wakefield Salford. So I know we've spoken about that now. And as you mentioned, Warrington, it's interesting because in 2002, when they were threatened with relegation, I'm not saying they're going to be relegated this year, but they went away from the sign Nathan Wood and Ben Westwood. Obviously, Westwood's one of their uh, probably best signings in the Super League era in terms of longevity and, and well, everything he meant to Warrington in that time. Um, they went to Hull KR on Friday, as we mentioned earlier, 10,000 there uh, to see uh, Hull Kingston Rose, the Harlem Globetrotters, as Sid calls them on Twitter. 34-18 winners, 20 points to six up at half-time. Comfortable win. Ryan Hall in England contention with a couple of tries. Mikey Lewis, who everyone loves. And um... Warrington got there late and looked like they'd remained on the bus for the first 20 minutes. And then Daryl Powell in his, his um, press conference afterwards said that he wanted to buy a drink for every Warrington fan that had been forced to watch that um, and to tell them exactly how he was going to turn it around. So, uh, yeah, and I think obviously because of the crisis, uh, there is only one <laughs> and there, there can be only one. Um, a little bit of Warrington has, has gone slightly under the radar, but that that is worrying, you know, to be knocked out of the cup uh, before the quarterfinals for the first time for a while, to lose, so I think it's five games on the trot for the first time since 2017. Um, and again, uh, uh, there are parallels with Leeds to have done some recruitment that they thought was going to make a significant difference and, and doesn't yet seem to have done that. Um, you, you You do wonder... What can they do to turn that around in the short term? Um, By players, sure. apparently. The, 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 the long-term criticism of Warrington over the last well, five, ten years or whatever, and yes, they've won Challenge Cups, they've got to Grand Finals and won the League League of Shield, but they don't seem to produce enough players through their own system to bring them through to the first thing. Now, whether that's true or not, it might just be the, the argument of choice at the moment to, to hit Warrington with, but you know, we've had successive coaches now who can't get this team to win a grand final. <laughs> a bit harsh to, to grade Darrell Powell <laughs> only six games into the season. He hasn't got a chance of getting him to Old Trafford just yet. Or seven games into the season, I should say. But it's, it's like Leeds. It's too easy to say, oh, well, it's all the coaches. Well, the coach has gone now, so who are we going to blame now? So mm. at Warrington, we've got, to, we've got to put our finger on the one thing that's wrong. And of course, it's going to be a multitude I... of things. 
Yeah, and I suspect that Daryl Powell is probably learning now why they haven't won grand finals. And it, it clearly isn't about the individual talent of the players that they've recruited. There may be, uh, like at Leeds, a deficiency in big men. Um, I think, you know, the, the other week when they played Jack Hughes at prop is an indication that, um, you know, they haven't got enough big men. Um there may not be a lot of big men about in the market to go out and buy. I suspect that's part of the, the issue as well. Um, but I think Daryl will have learned over the first, uh, you know, quarter of the season, the, the, the mental areas where his team may be lacking. And, and he's, he's been saying, you know, 20 minutes is the best he's got out of them in any game so far. And clearly that isn't enough, but as everybody says, and I think it's true, you know, it's at times like this that you learn far more than than when you're on a winning streak. And if he can turn it around and if whoever is coming in at Leeds can turn it around, then the lessons that they're learning at the moment will, particularly the younger players, will stand them in good stead. Um, but yeah, I, I think, there, you know, some concern at Warrington at the moment, just um, uh, because I think, again, like at Leeds, the, the expectation with Daryl coming in, particularly with Peter Matauter and Ollie Holmes coming in, who, who, who were his men, knew exactly how he would want to play. The fact that it hasn't clicked yet. Um, yeah, I, it, it, if you're not a Warrington fan, if you're not a podcast that carries the name Brian Bevan in it, well done, guys, on uh, being so high up the charts. Um, lots to talk about at Warrington at the moment. Speaking of... Uh... The Brian Bevan podcast. They were the first people to point out to me, and I'm going off on a tangent now because it's reminding me. They were the first people to point out that the NRL, which, you know, going into this World Cup, they have clamped down on people playing the ball incorrectly. And we haven't. When it comes to the World Cup, is that going to be something that's going to do us in? Because we've forgotten how to play the ball right. I don't know. It's good to see that we're, we're putting moves together off scrums, though, because that's going to be important in the World Cup. I, I suspect we need to have some communality over what six again means when the World Cup comes around, because I don't know what it means here. And, and, and I see a little bit of the NRL and, and I think not quite the same over there at the moment either. Everyone loves it when it's given on the first tackle as well. That's always good. But Hulk KR, who had a bit of a wobble at the, you know, a few weeks ago, but now they're three wins from seven, so Wakefield, so Wyington, so is Salford. So it, it, it's contracting in the middle of the table. Uh, perhaps the top four just moving away, well, the top two certainly moving away from everyone else. Um, but, yeah, Wyington in, Wyington in crisis. Well, at least they've got a week off this week, so. Yeah, and I do think that we should pay, um, pay credit to Hulk KR. I think that, you know, Lachlan Coop really? coming back, Sean Kenny Dowell, who I think this this Friday will play his fiftieth consecutive game, um, which means he hasn't missed one since he arrived. It's been a massive influence. Uh, now I'm speaking to Tony Smith this week. Now he's buoyant by what's happening over there. They bought their own ground, which again is another you know cog in this this uh, jigsaw of, of of yeah. Moving the club forward, I think that their heritage stuff is fantastic. They they've got a grant for that. They're putting out some great videos. There, the why they're getting ten thousand people turning up at matches, a because they play good rugby, b because they're giving the fans a great experience with Craven Street. Um, so yeah, the, the, I think they they deserve a, a, a huge amount of credit. Be a really really interesting um, Challenge Cup quarter final on Friday, Hull Castle because. 
whoever wins that might genuinely think that there is a place at Spurs for them this year. I'm going to have to listen to that one on the radio because uh, I don't have Premier. Um, and the, la- the last time they played, it went on for 100 minutes, which Tony Smith said was cruel. Cruel. Um, let's talk about Casper then, because again, they've been getting good crowds. And they've only won two games all season in the, uh, in the league, that is. And the other one, well, the most recent was this week against Toulouse. 32-6, haven't seen the highlights. 20-0 up at half-time. They, they won. Um, <laughs> well done, Cass. Well, again, 7,000, yeah. there was another good crowd. I think the interesting thing about that is, is confidence is something that everybody talks about, but nobody can define. And from the way they played against Leeds in the Cup, they've taken that form straight into their next game against the Toulouse side who had just beaten St Helens. So I think the, the magnitude of that win uh, is great credit to Castleford. That was a potential banana skin. That was almost saying to Lee Radford's team, you've had one great performance. That may or may not turn your season around. We'll only know that if you can back it up. They backed it up. So no question whatsoever. That, I think that's a really good win for Castleford. And um, th- they clearly are confident. And, uh, and they had some players back as well. I think he, he, he said in his press conference, uh, you, you were there, that he's got no real injury worries this week. He's going to be picking from strength. Mm. Um, when everybody's fit, you know, they're entertainers. They, they've, they've scored 60-odd you know, points in the last two games. So they won't be going to Hull KR with any fear, that is for sure. Greg Eden, has he got any other? Can he play for anyone else in the World Cup other than England? You'd be thinking that people will be checking because he's had a great start to yeah, 2022. What's he got? Some like eight tries in the last five games. Mm. Uh, phenomenal return. But but he, he is another one, a bit like Tom Johnson, that you know when he gets the ball, something is going to happen. Uh, it's not just pace. I think he, he's got this ability as well to, to just spot where a defensive line is weak. Um, and, and exploit it. He's, he's been really good at that over the last three or four weeks. I think that's the tie of the round. I know that seems a strange thing to say when Catalans versus Saints is a repeat of the grand final. And I, I just think that one's going to be a, a fascinating game on, on Friday night. But we'll see what happens. I it think Ca- Ca- Catalans Saints is a really interesting game because they. When they played each other in round one of the season, that that was the tester for Catalan. You know, what have you learned from the grand final? How far have you come? Can you match it with the team that clearly is the best team in the league? Um, and on that night, they didn't. That's been their, their real blip performance this year. Uh, to get the chance to avenge that at home, I think we'll learn a lot about the Dragons this week. Again, they've got players now starting to come back after suspension. They've got... Arta Morg, who may not uh, play, but is apparently fit to be named in the squad. Um, massive, gives them something absolutely, completely different, um, like, like the Johnsons and the Edens. You know, it, it, it's just a, a, a player that you, you want to see on the field, whether you support the team or not, because he's so exciting, could, could do anything when he's got the ball in his hand. Um, so, yeah, I think that is the best game. I'm glad it's on. Uh, not mm. only um, the BBC, but apparently it's on terrestrial television in France as well, which is something of a breakthrough. Um, and because it is a repeat, the grand final it is a repeat of last year's Magic Weekend. It is a repeat of uh, week one. I, I think there's a lot of great narrative. Saints going out uh, on Friday rather than doing the fly-in on the day of the game, fly out again, did that in Toulouse clearly and... Uh, it didn't work for them, which is not to detract from anything Toulouse did, but they're, they're going that extra day to make sure they're, they're properly prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, fantastic. You know, I, I'm really looking forward to this game. 
And the Catalans will, will need to bounce back because they were beaten by Huddersfield on Friday. They turned up late as well. Uh, they had a bit further to travel than Warrington, though. Uh, 28-12 win for the Giants. Yeah. We're now third in the Super League table, going above the Giants, uh, going above the Dragons, rather, uh, thanks to that uh, result. Huddersfield have kind of been going around, uh, going slowly up the table without anyone noticing them. So another good result for in what has meant the process is working down at the John Smith Stadium. Yeah. But I think, again, he's he's keen that the process allows you then to play um, and it isn't just process. So they are becoming a very attractive team to watch. They've, uh, again, have got some players playing really well in key positions. I, I think Danny Levi's been a, been a great acquisition for them at Hooker. Um, it, it, yeah, I, I just... Um, I think they're just quietly going to go about their business. That they again play Hull in the Cup, which is a repeat of the game that was what two or three weeks ago that Hull won. Um, and I think Huddersfield will have learned a fair amount from that about what they need to do. They need to be physically strong up the middle uh, to counter to Hull's threat. Um, and, and you're not going to get a lot of chances in a cup tie, so you've got to take them. Uh, which again, I think they they felt that that, that game uh, they, they'd made a couple and, and not converted them. That you, you don't have that luxury in the cup. But nobody's talking about Huddersfield having a chance to get to to Spurs. But they've got the ingredients to do that. Um, they've got a coach who took Salford there, uh, which nobody expected. So I I I won't back against Huddersfield at the moment, and 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 that's with all due respect to Hull, who I think again have, have picked up the pace. They look like they were having a bit of a lagger a few weeks ago. Um, you know, I thought they were really good at Wigan last week, and unlucky to lose. Um, but they, they again scored some absolutely fabulous tries, beautifully created. Luke Gale is back, who clearly is very important for them. Um, but I still think that Huddersfield are a very good outside bet. Uh, to get to get to the final. Well, I tip them uh, in the last round to win it. So, uh, I hope, you know, I hope for their sake, I haven't put the mockers on it. And, you know, not the best attendance on Friday, but they are a club who are trying. They, they're doing the, mm-hmm. you know, here's some street food and stuff and trying, you know, and trying to get people down there. It's just the, the people at Huddersfield just appear to be completely apathetic. Uh, so I, I, I don't know what they can do, having I won the like Shield, got to finals or anything. Yeah, I don't know if that will change when the football season finishes, because, again, I think there is a little bit of a crossover, you know, the shared stadium. I think Huddersfield Town uh, are the potential playoff candidates yeah, in that division. Yeah. So, you know, clearly there's a, you know, if there, if there is a, uh, you know, people who would go and watch both at the moment, but we're all, you know, under the same pressures of the cost of living going up, then uh, they may be waiting to go and see the Giants once the football season is finished. But no, it's a, it's a great facility. They're learning how best to use it. They've got some new commercial sponsors on board. Um, clearly, I think the, the the investment in Ian Watson and what he can bring to that team is now starting to pay off. Uh, some of the, the 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 players who are no longer just young players, but local players are, are coming through and making an impact. So, yeah, no spotlight at all on Huddersfield last year. It's starting to work this year. Um, I just hope if St Helens are flying out, um, even on Friday, that they, they added an extra five hours for the check-in at the airport. They're from Manchester, oh dear. Um, Wigan, as uh, you mentioned, beat Hull 1918. Here's, here's where Hull have won on that um, deal where Sneed went to Salford and, and Gale went to Hull. He's uh, Gale three from three on his return. Uh, Mark Sneed two from five on, on Sunday, although admittedly the uh, uh, Salford players didn't give him the easiest of uh, kicking uh, attempts uh, with uh, his goal. Gale, still... 
Gale couldn't land the field goal, could he, when it was 18 right. all? Whereas you suspect Sneed probably would have done um, because that's what he does. Uh, but it was a win for Wigan by the points. Uh, Jay Field again. Entertaining game. Yeah, yeah, it was a good. Very one. entertaining game. A good crowd again, just short of 10,000 on the Thursday night, which. Uh, and then the M62, I believe, was a was a pig. I think we're allowed to call it for the uh, for the travelling fans. Um, but but just a, just an enjoyable game as a neutral. You know, you didn't know which way it was going to go. So I think I have to pay huge credit to um, Morgan Smithers and Liam Farrell for for even getting Wigan to the point of the field where Harry Smith could do what he'd done against Toulouse. You know, some absolutely long busting runs when um, you know they needed to get out of their own half and near enough for for the drop goal to go over and and those are the sort of plays that don't normally get recognized but Farrell's in particular was 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 outstanding uh congratulations to Luke Menzies who made his uh, WrestleMania debut on Sunday it was supposed okay. to be on Saturday but they ran out of time so he had his fight on so he's called Rich Holland now which is a typical Yorkshire name of course uh, 50 odd thousand people there unless you believe they're inflated crowd figures so probably the biggest crowd he's ever performed and he won so well done, well done, well done uh, Ridge. Um, Leeds nil and Hell is twenty six. Well, Leeds tried because uh, that's what they said on the telly. They had they put some effort in, which which suggests that they didn't try against Castle for the week before, which is always a strange thing to accuse a professional player of doing. Um, but Saints are a really good team, and they won twenty six nil. It was eight nil at half time. Um, they you know, they had to work hard for those points in the first half uh, after Hull and Meganson had that. So. Uh, well, quick enough start to the game, but um, yeah, they, they they had to fight for the points after that. Yeah, you, it, it may sound like sort of a bit of clutching at straws, but to keep St Helens scoreless for 45 minutes when um, defence has clearly been an issue uh, this year, um, you know, that was a commendable effort, I thought. Uh, again, Leeds haven't solved their discipline problems. They made some positional changes um, you know, hard to do that in a couple of training sessions and expect it to be that effective. I, I just thought for St Helens, you know, John Benison again is another example of when your system is is right, you can bring a young kid in, play him out of position because he is a fullback uh, as opposed to a winger, um, and he was outstanding. You know, mm-hmm. the, the the try that um, that he helped set up for for Lewis Dodd, um, just just brilliant. Um, they're, they're a joy to watch St Helens they're, they're, they are the most well-oiled of machines they did it without Wormsley and Regan Grace um, clearly they had um, I, I think other gears they could have gone up to if they needed to so um, yeah having suffered a setback at Toulouse you know nilling an opposition uh, getting back to that average of I think you know apart from that Toulouse game one try a game that they've been conceding Um yeah, their, their, their horse uh, is well and truly back back in the race. Not that they ever out of it. I caught the end of the uh, 1995 Charity Shield on Sky in the morning because it was randomly on, and it's better than watching Good Morning Britain. And um, Alan Tate afterwards described Wigan as a machine, uh, and that's what St Helens are in this one. Leeds had, had a place enough in that Charity Shield. They, got, no, they no did, discipline. early on. Uh, Marcus Vasilikopoulos. Yeah. No, but worries. that was the game played at the Dublin showground after the Irish Horse of the Year had been on the night before. It's safe to say there were some divots and there were some players looking around just checking what they were falling in as well. It's like when uh, Leeds United lost the cup final, well, drew the cup final in 70 against Chelsea, blame it on the Horse of the Year show, but then lost the replay. 
I have to say that uh, I was fortunate to be at, in, in Dublin that, that weekend. And apart from getting a wonderful interview with Hugh McGann, um, who was there before Dean Bell took over, an absolute gentleman, um, had the honour and the pleasure of sitting next to Tony Ward in the press box. You're probably too young to remember, but Tony Ward was one of those Ireland Rugby Union standoffs who we all thought would have made it fantastically in the in the league game. Um, and he was there because he was a, a correspondent of one of the Irish papers on rugby and um, was just so enthralled by what he was seeing, even though it wasn't even a close game, so complimentary about rugby league and and how he would have loved to have played it if, he, if he'd have got the offers. And uh, it was, was great company in, in the press box that afternoon. Uh, Leeds lost that day and they lost this week. And there's nothing more we can add about Leeds in crisis or whatever, because <laughs> until there's a new coaching and until anything changes on, on that scale, it's Leeds are kind of in a holding pattern for the moment. And they've, who knows how quickly some, it's a point will come. Yeah. Well, they've got some really important games coming up. I think it's it's Huddersfield, Castleford, Toulouse, which you know is going to be massive, and Hull KR. Um, so, you know, depending on whether the new coach can start straight away, uh, which is by no means a given, then uh, they're, they're in a, an interesting run of fixtures, most of which are at home. I think only the cast one is away. Um, and, and I think you'll know after those matches what, whether they're on an upward curve or the hole that Jamie Jones for Ugannon refers to is, is getting slightly deeper. Why rolls around coming up? They get Lewis Fassell in, in, in charge. You know, they're, they're unbeaten yeah, this year. J- J- James Simpson and Lewis yeah. Fossell as a partnership. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that would... They, uh... can, they can coach. Yeah. It annoy people as well, which is even even better. Um, that, that's all from Super League. Uh, in the Championship, Batley Bulldogs ended the great start to the season for the Barrow Raiders by beating them 30 points to 18. Well done, Batley. Great, great result for Batley. That really is a big result. We were discussing uh, who we wanted, oh, who people wanted to see going up from uh, the Championship. And people say, well, it's Batley or Barrow. Just, just none of the other teams, just, just anyone different. Um, for... <laughs> Fenston beat Sheffield 44-18 at Sheffield's um, uh, half-home. Um, Halifax 46, Whitehaven 24. Uh, Lee 44-0 over Jewsby. That was on Friday night. And, and, and again, we're competing with ourselves because that was on our league and you have to pay for that one. I, I wonder what I wonder with our pricing. And I know this is saying, seems a strange thing to say. It was a fiver before the day and £10 on the day. But... Some Scottish football clubs now are charging 18, 20 quid for a, a, a feed. Mm. Um, the other shock you mentioned before, 15 quid. I don't know if we're, we're too cheap, perhaps. I don't know. I mean, granted, you, you, Lee Jews, we're only going to watch if you're a fan of one of those two teams, but a fiver seems cheap with that captive audience. I think there's something else that um, I was discussing this morning with um, that Premier and Channel 4 commentator. What's his name? Um, Wilson, some Wilson. Oh, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's talking to him today about the fact that they've got two Challenge Cup games on this weekend. You should be able to pay for those games. Mm. Um, You know, the the initial offer that that was, um, you know, money off if you bought a a season ticket during the first uh, or a a digital pass during the first month, uh, that's not available anymore. But there will be some. Um, fans who follow maybe Super League and, and not so much the Championship, who who would have looked at, at you know at the certainly Huddersfield and Hull, interesting game. Hull KR Cast, you've already said could be the game of the round. They're on Premier. You should be able to pay your ten pounds 
uh, to watch just those games. Um, are we missing a trick? Are Premier missing a trick? Yes, probably. I, I, again, there is, you know, there's ten games of um, NCL going to be on our league. The, the, there's going to be, you know, more wheelchair, more more PDRL, LDRL. But they all—it all seems to be on at mixed times, and we're all, as you say, you know, this ability to compete with each other is is detracts from what we're trying to do. There's a huge cost in putting all of Cornwall's games on. Um, not saying there isn't interest there, but you know, should we have gone for all of them? I get the first one, I get their first home game, I get a couple of games in the middle of the season, maybe where they're playing teams around. But if, but if they do get relatively heavily beaten every week. Why are people going to tune into our league to watch them? So, yeah, I think you're right. Then, and, and, you know, I think we've all spoken about this a lot since our league was, was brought into existence. It is great the number of people that are prepared to um, log on to it, but um, it, I'm not sure it's cost-effective at the moment. Well, I assume it costs the same to put on Lee versus Jews it is for Wakefield Trinity women versus Alton Redettes and it is for Cornwall versus Midlands so why are we charging for one and not the others now now granted I know I know there's a good reason why you wouldn't charge for the other two uh, but it, it's just it's just odd it's just odd um, and, if, and if you are charging for why not have more games available for people to pay to watch why just ad hoc games here there and everywhere um, but again, it's not a criticism of the, the quality of the product. It's just a, a lack of understanding of why we do things some ways and not the other. Um, London nearly beat Bradford, but didn't. 8 uh, 6 to Bradford in the end, have been 8 0 up at half time. So that, that again, I think is, you know, London have had a, a draw away at Barrow and now pushed Bradford very close. Uh, league table doesn't look great for London at the moment, but you would hope that maybe they're showing signs of a, a revival under Jermaine Coleman, who, who, let's face it, did all change almost his entire playing mm. roster. Um, they've moved to a new ground, which again, for your first few games, gives you no advantage whatsoever because it's as as, as new to you as it is to the opposition. Um, a lot, of, uh, you know, there is a lot said about the value of London to the sport. That there, there is a lot that's been said over the last 40 years, there's a genuine feeling that if London were to either get relegated or to slip out of the upper echelon of the championship, that it'd be very hard for them to come back from that. So I think we, you know, I, I, I would like to see London, um, you know, uh, improve and, and, and make a contribution to the sport. I think so it, it feels the same about Newcastle. They had a really good win hmm. um, last night uh, against Widners and, have um, now won four of their seven games to, I think, move um, to within the playoff spots. Um, I just think the, the sport, if we're being honest, needs places like London and Newcastle to succeed for the benefit of all of us. Yeah, I've mentioned ice hockey plenty of times in the however many years we've been doing these programmes in various places, and they don't have that um, team in London. Uh, they, they had one, but it disappeared a long time ago. I wonder if that's part of the reason why they, they don't cut through in terms of media. Basketball has teams in London and, and gets a higher profile, despite the fact, you know, 8,000 people at Sheffield for the big game against Nottingham on, on Saturday. And, and no one knows. It's a strange one. I think, yeah, I think netball's the same. They've got a couple of London-based teams and, and it's almost like it's easier to promote a sport it's easy to get a deal to have it on television. You know, women's football, you know, it w wouldn't quite necessarily be the same without Chelsea and Arsenal. Mm. You wouldn't imagine a, a Super League without those names in it. Um, 
So yeah, I, I do think that uh, whilst whilst there may be some antipathy from some people again to the word expansion, this isn't expansion. We've been doing it now consistently for 22 years. We just have not uh, 42 years. We just have not been doing it very well. Maybe London could buy a leopard print, and that might attract people. Uh, Workington 18, York 44. Good wing for York. They're third in the table now, um, just behind Fevenley, who are the top two. Bit of a, bit of a wobbly start because they played Fevenley, but uh, again, York now looking to be uh, the kind of, of side that I think James Ford would want them to be. Uh, League One is back, and it was back for a second week. Uh, Keesley fought uh, 26, Doncaster 6. Uh, Midlands 16, uh, Swinton 54. First game for Midlands at home. Um the, beer, there. the, the uh, craft beer went down very well. well and they have donuts. I was sent a, sent a picture. They had a donut stand. We have to go. This is what's going to get people in. It is, it you got, have to it's sell. Got, it's got me saying I'll be down. <laughs> you have to sell to people who are new to something, something completely different as an experience. And then the, the rugby's an add-on. That's what worked in Toronto. When, we, when me and my wife went to the NFL, she loved the donuts. I don't think she. I don't know if she enjoyed the game or not, but she enjoyed the donuts. No, she didn't enjoy the game. Can't, She's you everybody. can't can't beat a donut. Uh, they were expensive Wembley donuts as well, so that was bad. Uh, North Wales uh, sixty-two, Cornwall twenty-two. We mentioned um, that in passing earlier. Uh, Cornwall's kit, interesting colour, turquoise. The away kit, mm. with no choice. sponsor on the front. front. Yeah, no. Yeah, and, and on. Yeah, I, I'm sure they have got a sponsor, and it will go on the front. And, but interesting, it's a long time since I've seen pictures of a game where uh, you, you didn't have loads of writing over the front of the shirt. Sponsorship is going to be a hot topic because if you look at darts and you look at snooker and they're moving away from a certain set of sponsors and moving and bringing in new sponsors, I think it would be very wise of our sport to be courting those who are involved in the World Cup. Now, not all of those global brands are going to want to sponsor League One or the Challenge Cup or whatever, but we need to find some money from somewhere soon because eventually everything's going to change. And I think everyone is fairly aware of that. Um, West Wales 12, Rochdale 52. So West Wales obviously uh, scored some points this week. That's good. Tight enough at half time, but Rochdale ran away with things in the second half, which I guess is kind of a bit like if you have a Super League team against a championship team in a cup tie, isn't it? You, you expect a team with more experience and perhaps higher, well, <laughs> been together longer, Rochdale, than West Wales have in terms of building up to the season. So not an unexpected result, but at least some, some signs from West Wales. Uh, and a good comeback from Hunslet, 16-4 down at half-time, drawing 22-all uh, in uh, the uh, game of the uh, South East Stadium. Hunslet, 22-all, them 22. So a, uh, a first draw of the League One season. And, uh, yeah, good comeback from Hunslet in the second half. A mighty Swinton top of the league, Mr. Kellner. Um, so the uh, League One fixtures this week, uh, London play North Wales on Saturday afternoon. And on Sunday, it's Cornwall versus Midlands on our league at one o'clock. Doncaster worth Swinton. Worth watching. I yeah. would say worth watching. Uh, you know, have that on and then um, put the BBC on in the background. Um, depending on who was on the panel in case you want to mute it or not. Uh, Oldham West Wales and Rochdale Hunslet, obviously the uh, Alan Kilshaw derby. Still don't know why he's called Killer. Um, that would be a good game. Hmm. Um, but not an L League or anything. Uh, Challenge Cup, Hulkiar Cass on Friday. Uh, watch our non-exclusive interview with Lee Radford on YouTube now. Uh, Catalan Saints and Huddersfield Hull on Saturday. Uh, Wakefield Wigan on Sunday. Drobby made at half-time in the game. Do I have to 
Uh, half and also, time in, and I think there's the women's draw after the game, isn't there? For because their uh, their matches are taking place during that afternoon, and the last ones at six, six o'clock. o'clock. Yeah. So. Um, I'm not going to game on Sunday. I'm going to watch on the telly. I think. Um, and also on Saturday, it's the 1895 Cup playoff, big game, Sheffield versus Whitehaven at the Millennium Stadium uh, in Featherstone. Haven't mentioned him yet, uh, which I should have done because we talked, spoke about the game earlier. Uh, the great thing about James Roby is, and we said this before on this program, is you don't often notice him because he just does his job. Um, he's been a consistently good player for 500 games, and. You can't, you can't evaluate a player who does, does what they're supposed to do uh, and consistently is a, a score and say, seven, eight, nine out of ten player every week. And that's what James Roby is. And I think the great thing for, uh, for Saints is they, they appear to have his replacement learning under him at the moment. So, and, and they're going to have to put another statue up. They can't not have well, put a statue up now. Uh, I mean, the, the, the two amazing facts is that, uh, you know, St. Helens have had, what, two number nines over 30 years? I mean, that is ridiculous. Um, Rumours that because he's playing so well and um, he's making such an impact that he may be tempted to play for England in the World Cup, even though he announced his, his international retirement. Well, again, with Josh Hodgson likely to be out because uh, he's had reconstruction surgery on his knee. Um, who wouldn't want James Roby in that England squad? And who knows? Uh, would he go out having played in a World Cup? Could he be tempted to have just one more year? From what I saw on uh, on last Friday night, he, he is uh, still the epitome of of every hooker. Um, you know, he has all the qualities. He reads the game magnificently. He runs out of dummy half on Friday night. Were were, were pinpoint. You know, he, he just times when to do it to perfection. Um, he can play at loose forward when Lossett comes on if he needs to. Um, I, I think you're right. You know, th- there are certain players who we've seen throughout our careers that because they are eight or nine out of 10 every week, that's the expectation. So you only either notice them when they score 12 tries and they're a 10 or they you know, miss a tackle and they're a seven. Um, so he gets taken for granted, but, um, you know, doesn't want any fuss. Didn't really want to be interviewed about his 500th game. Let everybody else speak about how important he was. Um, j- just, just a magnificent ambassador for the sport and a wonderful athlete. And and the guy that every St. Helens player talks about as being the lead in training. And if he's still doing that at the age of 402, that's, it's just amazing. I know, um, I can't remember who said it on TV last week, the, the, the key uh, as a coach is to move players on before they are uh, not as useful as they were. But it would be very hard for Mr. Wolf and Mr. McManus and everyone involved at St. Helens to not want to keep James Roby around for another year if he wanted to go around for another year. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know what he's got planned for the for, for his future life outside of rugby. Um, I, I suspect he is just so dedicated to the sport um, that he probably hasn't had too much time to plan what he'll do when he isn't playing anymore. I, I don't know if he's the kind of player that would want to become a coach. Um, I suspect he could. His knowledge of the game is is imperious, um, but it's not for everybody. So, yeah, if, if he was to be fit and well and able to do another year, it'd be interesting because clearly his replacement, as you say, is already bought. Um, but if he wanted to, if, if he wanted to carry on, you wouldn't stop him, would you? 
Kobe Poaching tweeted, and I retweeted on our account, do you think we did enough to, to celebrate the facts? Because that's a 500 games in, in this era is a hell of an achievement. Well, I think there's two things with that. He's only the fourth St. Helens player uh, to achieve that aim. And, and the other three were in an era where you played a lot more matches. So that's not just a Super League thing. That is historically across one of the, the, the most famous and well-established clubs. I think the other thing is, I believe Kevin Sinfield's Super League record of appearances is 521. So all being well, James Roby is going to break that this year. If we don't make a huge deal about that, then again, we, we talk a lot about stories and telling players stories he may be reluctant we need to shout it from the rooftops um i, I don't think we did I, you know somebody gave him a shirt didn't they out of the crowd <laughs> with 500 on the back and he was pictured with that yeah that's that's not enough yeah well we're gonna send a tweet so you know they'll probably get a bottle of uh, scotch next time he's at uh, the dw i don't know where the game is on uh, good friday but don't go on Nosy Road. Don't go there. The game won't be on. Um, it, it's not it's not in someone's back garden. No. I, I, I think that's it. I think I think we're done. Um it's rivals round next week. Um is it? Yes. I'm, I'm gonna go to Headingley on, on Monday because lots of people are gonna be there to speak to, including Tony Smith, because it's gonna be his five hundredth game as a person. So that'll be yes. exciting. I asked him about that when uh, I spoke to him this week, which you'll be able to read in the new issue of front, which goes to print at the weekend. And uh, he, he had some fascinating stuff to say about that. I mean, I've even started my column for next month, which has a, a, a brilliant piece of investigative journalism in. Uh, so mm-hmm. make sure you make sure you, you you buy this month's and then be anticipating what rubbish I've written about next month. But it was good to say, did you see uh, Anton Deck? I didn't, because um, that would have meant I would have had to have watched Anton there. Well, I watched it on fast forward because I thought, right, I, I know what Martin Afire looks like. If I fast forward through, I'll see him and I can stop him. I mean, granted, we're only on for about 10 seconds, but people go, oh, what do you make a big number? It's 10 seconds on one of the most popular programmes on TV. Which 10 million and people will watch. And they throw a rugby ball around and mention the Rugby League World Cup in Newcastle. You can't buy that advertising. Well, you can, but we can't afford it. So they they did well again, the World Cup people. Maybe Anton Deck will be there at the first game. Maybe they won't be, but the the fellow who won the competition, he'll be there. So, and a car and a holiday. I'd rather go to the World Cup. Yes, I think they'll be there. 53,000 St. James's Park. I think you put those two down. Uh, Phil, pleasure as always. Uh, Enjoy your week. Uh, not having to watch Leeds and uh, <laughs> putting, putting the magazine together. Maybe, maybe the, the grey hairs will become black again. Well, that, that picture they used to use in League Express. Um, and um, yeah, enjoy rugby, everybody. Thank you to all of you that comment on uh, YouTube and all the videos and our Emma comments on pretty much every video we do. So thanks, Emma. It's appreciated because apparently it's good for the algorithm, but no one understands the algorithm. Um, Thank you. I appreciate your support for the magazine as well. Thumbs up. um, And we'll see you again at some point next week, but I'm not exactly sure when.
Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.